Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseone Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live tonight in the Podbean app, this indeed is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino, right in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from just outside Gila River Arena in beautiful Glendale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb from uh, beautiful Southern California. Rob, it's your turn. Ask me. Ask me the temperature. Ask me what I'm going through. <laughs> <laughs> well, go I, ahead. I would, ask. I would, bet, I would venture a guess, but but what is the temperature in in uh, Glendale, Arizona, right now? Uh, Rob, it's 83 degrees and slightly overcast. It's hockey season, my friend. It's hockey season. <laughs> Can you tell the excitement in my voice? Uh, not at all. I think you need uh, to amp it up a little bit. <laughs> okay, so so in about 90 minutes, there's going to be a hockey game right outside the beautiful building that I'm uh, parked in. Um, you know, James Corden's got karaoke in the car or whatever that is. Well, we're starting a new hashtag. It's going to be podcast in the parking garage because I have a feeling with the hockey season just getting underway, there's going to be a lot of podcasts from the parking garage uh, the rest of the year. Well, as long as it's quiet and we can get a good reception, I'm all for it. Hey, I'm in the parking garage, full five bars of 5G. So I'm I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it uh, very well. I'm uh, I'm chilling a little bit here and just getting ready to go in and watch a great hockey game, the uh, Arizona Coyotes and the L.A. Kings, who you saw last night in Kings versus Kings, a little exhibition stuff. Yeah, it was it was nice. I uh, I didn't realize that yesterday was the first time in a uh, year and a half or so they were saying. Uh, that Toyota Arena had fans, uh, but it was it was good vibe. It was good feel. Uh, I would say you know a couple grand. Uh, we're at we're at the arena, uh, maybe just under. Uh, but it was it was loud. Uh, the funny part is they kept yelling, "Go black!" Oh, I can't black! I can't believe you. You know, joke King fans joking because it was Kings versus Kings. Uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of energy was brought by uh, more the black team, I think, uh, than than Team White. Uh, but, uh, Peterson, who was on team white, uh, stepped up and gave up one goal, the only goal. Uh, but it was, it was, it was really good. Uh, our guest that's coming on, uh, it was kind of strange that 
Uh, I kind of figured I would run into someone I knew at the arena. I just didn't think you'd be on the ice. <laughs> and, of course, you're talking about Brett Martin, our uh, longtime official. I had a chance to visit with Brett for the first time today. He told me you've been doing this for like 20 years. I said, Brett, you're only 25. How in the world can you be doing it for 20 years? Uh, no. So we're uh, we're excited to have Brett on to talk a little bit about uh, AHL officiating and of course, that was AHL slash NHL stuff. So we are uh, we are looking forward to that here in about uh, oh, 12, 13 minutes or so when we get Brett on. But um, other games in action, as uh, you and I were chatting off air, the uh, the Sharks split their team up, sent half of them to Vegas and sent the other half to play the Ducks and um, were successful in Vegas, not so successful against the Ducks. Uh, yeah, if I would have known, I would have went from Ontario straight to uh, Anaheim to uh... – to go see that game, I didn't realize that they were splitting the squad. Uh, but yeah, uh, seems like the Ducks came to play yesterday uh, in their half, and, and the San Jose team was split pretty much evenly. I was looking at both rosters, and, and both uh, the game against VGK and, and the game against the Ducks, they both had a good representation of, of talent for the Sharks. Well, everything that I heard out of Vegas, you know, I kind of keep my eye up there as well. Um, uh, everything I heard from there was injuries. They were worried about injuries, and that's something you don't want to hear the first uh, preseason game of the year. No, uh, no, you don't. And and I I don't know. Yesterday it seemed like Victor Arvidsson went off the ice in the Kings versus Kings limping. Uh, so I don't know if that if he's in the lineup tonight against Arizona. Yeah, I haven't been inside yet, obviously, so uh, I won't know any of that until I get in there. But. Um, it's just great to have hockey back. I mean, when something that you love gets taken away from you like that, it's like uh, first there's a shock, then there's a, the realization that um, it's gone, and then all of a sudden it's like, is it coming back? And then finally you get full circle and it's back. And I'm not going to be naive enough to say that the pandemic is uh, is over because right here in Phoenix today, the, uh, the Phoenix Suns on another uh, professional sports team uh, had their media day and they were missing their star, Devin Booker, who is out with COVID. And, uh, and he said uh, on his Twitch channel today that uh, the worst part of it for him so far was the fact, and he's had it about a week, I guess, is that uh, he lost his sense of taste and smell. And he said it was just um, unbelievable. So, so it's not over, and uh, we just hope that everybody continues to be safe, and and we don't have any more outbreaks that would uh, disrupt things. No, you, you don't want that to happen again because the fans are just getting back into it. They're getting excited for the season to come up, and they're ex- being they're excited to be in the building again, and they don't want that taken away uh, just because certain, some people don't want to mask up or certain people don't want to vaccinate. Uh, I mean, I you talk about the NBA media day. The, there was a lot of talk. Of, because I was watching some New York channels uh, about Kyrie Irving, and he doesn't want to—he wants to have respected privacy, but it's a matter of—it's—he's it, going to miss more than forty games. He'll miss forty-four games, and it's like, do you trade him? Do you not trade? It's like, you know, now becomes a bigger issue. Uh, so the whole vaccination, and you don't hear about that in the NHL for the most part. Everybody seems to be getting vaccinated, and it's nice to hear because you don't have that interruption. You don't have that. Uh, the players asking, why isn't so-and-so here? Why won't he get the vaccination if everybody else does? Yeah, and you know, that's the thing, and, and I don't want to get too political on this or any of that stuff. Uh, I'm just stating facts here. But when I looked at it, Rob, when, when this first came out, jeez, um, almost two years ago, um, wow. and, um, and, and you could see what 
it was affecting people and how it was affecting people and the devastation and call me a chicken or whatever, but I don't want to be intubated if I don't have to be. <laughs> I agree with <laughs> so, that. <laughs> so, so when I saw what was happening to people at various ages, and I'm not going to lie, I'm 59 and having the big six Oh in February, but um, I, uh, I just said, you know what, when this vaccine is available, I'm taking it because if the FDA experimental or not experimental, if they, they feel comfortable giving it to you, um, I'm going to take it because I just don't want to experience what I saw many, many people experience. And those are the ones that survived. Uh, imagine, imagine not surviving it. And um, when you get up in my age, it's, uh, you know, you don't want to mess with it. And um, so I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled that there is a vaccination uh, vaccination available. And I think um, that's typical hockey, right? I mean, the hockey players band together. They care about themselves. They care about their teammates. They care about their families, their fans. More than just, you know, I think some people just get too much money in other sports and they just they think they're invincible and, and you're not. Well, I think a lot of it is like the zero to 60 effect. You go from having nothing to having millions of dollars. And, and the NHL is just... They're just simple blue-collar workers. Even the white-collar is a blue-collar mentality. And that's, you know, the keep the family together, do what it takes to keep the train moving forward. And it's just such, you know, you just see it. Last night, one of the kids uh, went up to the railing and had a sign. It must have said something like, I'll trade you a Twix bar for a stick. And one, the last king, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember who it was, handed the kid a stick. And he was just so happy. This is what it is about, the excitement of the fans being back in and being able to see their favorite players at the games. Yeah, I don't think that happens anywhere else. Where <laughs> So uh, Twix bar, wow. I <laughs> I would have been there for that, I think. <laughs> I almost wanted to take the sign. I would have just taken the Twix bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, that, it, it's all fun. It's all, uh, you know, it, it's getting really crazy. Just let me tell you what my schedule looks like. If all, all things go as planned, I'm seeing a game tonight. It's Monday night. Um, nothing on Tuesday, nothing on Wednesday. But Thursday night, the Kings and the uh, Golden Knights are doing uh, their game up in Salt Lake City. Um, Friday night, our game of the week in the WCHL, the University of Arizona and the University of Utah. Saturday night, Colorado College opens up their new building in an exhibition against Air Force. S uh, Sunday night, uh, Denver hosts uh, Lindenwood in an exhibition, exhibition game in Denver. And then I'm going to work, uh, hopefully, the entire week in Denver and seeing some clients and doing that type of thing and get prepared for Arizona State and Denver next weekend in Denver. So um, hockey's back, and, and we're going to be there for you. Nice. And, and where will you be doing the podcast next Monday from? Oh, uh, next Monday. Where I'll, I'll, yeah, maybe, maybe outside of, uh, I'll check my schedule and see if there's anything going on with the avalanche. Maybe I'll be outside of, uh, of that beautiful facility there, the ball arena. Uh, I'll be somewhere, but, uh, it'll more than likely be Colorado if all things go as planned. So, um, we're looking forward to it. Um, things are starting to heat up, which means that, uh, yeah, not a wrong word. <laughs> Things are starting <laughs> to get exciting. And uh, the NHL, AHL, uh, we will be covering all of the Pacific Division in both leagues this year. Uh, happy to announce that uh, Tom Callahan is coming on board as our NHL analyst. Uh, we will be doing a uh, live um, YouTube channel show once a week. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So exciting stuff. We still have the sizzling September giveaway from our friends at Summer Skates tonight. So I know you've got a great 
um, uh, trivia question lined up for us. Um, and of course, last Tuesday night, Paul and I on uh, uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly had Steen Pashnik, who is uh, making a run at the uh, the NHL club in San Jose. He's starting off in the, with the Barracuda, but uh, he's got his eyes set. Well, both uh, both the Pashnik brothers uh, hope to play again uh, with each other on the San Jose Big Club. Uh, it'd be exciting if that that could happen. It really would be uh, to see more Arizona State players making it to the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do this, Rob. Let's take a quick break and uh, see if we can get hooked up with our guest here in about three, four minutes and uh, and start talking some officiating because both of us are officials. You're a little bit more recent than me. I uh, I put my skates away a little while ago, but you still get it out there when that shoulder gets healed up. So um, let's take a break and let's come back and, and talk with our special guest, uh, Brett Martin, in about three minutes. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, 
you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This is indeed Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino, right on Fremont Street in beautiful downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Strandy with you from just outside Gila River Arena tonight in Glendale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from Southern California. And um, Rob, I don't know if you know this guy, but we're going to introduce our guest Um uh, a long-time official doing some AHL games, and um, Rob may have even seen them last night, I think, but Brett Martin is with us. Brett, Scott, and Rob with you. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Yeah, great great to have you. It, uh, Rob said he was critiquing you last night, Brett, so uh, I, I hope it's not going to be too critical on this show. But <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I've been, not, I've, not critiquing, taking notes. Oh, I was going to say, Rob, I'm waiting for your email on the full uh, write-up on how we did last night. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Brett, uh, Long Beach, California is home. Uh, you're out in L.A., Long Beach area right now, I believe, correct? That's correct, yep. All right, tell everybody that's listening tonight, um, how did you get into officiating? And um, tell us what it's like to be an AHL professional hockey official. <laughs> Well, you're making it sound super glamorous, and honestly, I've been doing this so long that it feels like another night in the office, which is, it's nice when you're on the ice and you see the same familiar faces and coaches, uh, and you build that relationship and that rapport, it's just another night, another night in the office for all the boys, and, and we have a good time, but when I started refing, I had no idea that it would, that I would, you know, try to one day, try to make the NHL and end up, you know, as like a veteran guy in the American League. Um, but I was just playing some hockey and the rink needed some officials and they were like, I was in high school and you know, they're like, Hey, you want to ref some games? It's this much money. And I was like, sweet. I'm a high school student. I could use some extra cash. And I always say it was a hobby that turned into a profession. Um, my, in my early twenties, around 21, 22, I found myself moving to St. Paul, Minnesota and working full-time in the North American league. And the next year, Went to Omaha, Nebraska, and worked full-time in the United States Hockey League, the USHL. And then um, shortly after that, in 2012, signed my first pro contract with the ECHL. And they put me back in California, thank God. Got to get the California guy out of the Midwest, you know. Um, just a liability on the road at that point. <laughs> um, and I did four years in the ECHL, and then I was part of the transition of the West Coast, uh, that Western ECHL division becoming the American League. Um, about seven, I think it's about seven years ago now, and been doing it ever since. Um, I guess just to give everybody kind of a lay of the land, all the referees in the American League are part time, or sorry, full time, but the linesmen are all part time. So I work about forty games a season, and I stay local to the Pacific Division. So, and here we are now. I'm <laughs> thirty four years old. I got a, a brand new baby boy, and um, refing in the American Hockey League. So I can't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, talk about. The work that goes in, uh, I know I'm. I have to do my certification for uh, 21, 22. Uh, but just to get to where you are, the hard work and the training that goes into it. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a lot of work. Definitely, I started as a. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a larger guy, and so when I no. was, yeah, 
And so, um, you know, I played football in high school too. Um, I was an offensive lineman, so I was a big guy and I was told to lose some weight. So I dropped, um, from the time I graduated high school to the time I got into pro hockey, I lost almost like 75 pounds. Um, so that was just a lot of work, like off the ice, you know, doing a lot of things, but then also when you're an official working locally, there's games every weekend, there's a dole league during the night. And so I, there was a couple of years where I would referee almost 500 games a year, including a, fro, a full slate of pro hockey. So it, it's a lot of work. And, um, you know, now as I've worked my way through the ranks, I find myself as the vice president of our local association here that covers all of Southern California. And, um, you know, I guess it kind of has turned into – um, now where I just like to get back to everybody and I, you know, you'll still find me on the ice. Like I did the Kings scrimmages the last couple of days, but in the evening I did some local ACHA college games. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work and uh, I loved it. I just kind of engulfed myself in it and it became my life. So, yeah. Well, Rob, as I, as uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Rob, uh, I, I'm going all the way around the, around the horn here, guys. Um, you can tell I'm preoccupied with the hockey game right, right outside my door. But uh, my thought is all three of us are officials, right? Uh, as I said, uh, I haven't uh, officiated Brett in a while. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I had two incidents on the ice. One was coaching. One was officiating. Almost the exact same spot where I injured myself and um, – Tore my, tore my ACL twice, uh, non-contact, basically, just caught a rut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that being said, uh, how's the injury list been for you over the years? You know what? I've actually been – I'm going to knock on wood right now, too. I'm very superstitious, as, like, any <laughs> yeah. athlete is. Good idea. Um, so, you know, knock on wood and clap three times, right? Um, I, I've been pretty lucky, you know, just some – I hurt my – back in 2013, it was – um, in the beginning of the season, I hurt my shoulder breaking up a fight and had an AC joint sprain. So I battled that, you know, those don't really go away. So I battled that for a few years. Um, but then right before the shutdown last year, about a month before everything got shut down, um, in 2020, I was doing a game in San Diego, San Diego versus Ontario. And I'm standing in front of the Ontario bench and a player just simply comes to hop over the bench to get on the ice and then decide the defenseman he was going to come on to replace decides to stay on. So he brings his foot back over and in the process slices up my pointer finger on my right hand and uh, oh, left the game and got about eight stitches um, like during the game and then came back out. So I've been fairly lucky, but that's the most recent thing that's happened to me. And I mean, now I got this pretty cool scar, I guess. So, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so I, I've been pretty good at avoiding injury. Just a couple things here and there, thankfully. So uh, give a round number of how many kids you've uh, officiated that now you're uh, at lower levels like the uh, Junior Kings and Junior mm-hmm. Ducks and whatnot, and then are now at the AHL or NHL level? You know what? I think of somebody right away, and it's uh, Gaspar Kopitar. Um, obviously, we know him as Anze's bro- younger brother. Um, when I was coming up as a ref, he was playing for the Junior Kings in the 16 AAA program. So I would referee him doing those games. He was a center. And then all of a sudden I find myself in Des Moines at the famous Buck Bowl, for those of you that know what I'm talking about. Was, uh, <laughs> I do. It was Buck Beer Night at, in Des Moines, USHL. I want to say, um, obviously, Des Moines versus uh, Sioux Falls, I believe. And there's Gasper. He's playing for Des Moines that whole season. Um, so, you know, it's like kind of like cool seeing a guy from, 
from Southern California on the ice. And then it didn't even stop there. When I came back and signed my pro contract as a linesman for the ECHL, he, he all of a sudden popped up on Ontario and he was playing center for Ontario. So I got to see him there too. So we've kind of come up together, which is pretty cool. Um, but then also some of the young guys from SoCal that play that come through and play for the rain and the goals. I just, you know, I just love seeing it. It's just so cool to see the SoCal hockey community shining and, and trying to do well in the, in the hockey world. Brett, you mentioned to me today when we were talking uh, off air that uh, you're part of the Gretzky era. And of course I remember that very famously uh, um, with Gretzky making the, uh, the transition from Canadian superstar to just superstar, I guess. Um, but his move to Southern California when he was traded there, uh, emotional for him, but man, it set off hockey, uh, certainly in the, the Sun Belt. But give us your thoughts about that. Uh, remember Wayne Gretzky coming to L.A.? Yeah, I mean, you can say it was, you know, he'd already won a bunch of cups with Edmonton, so he was definitely pretty close to being the great one. But during the whole process of his whole career, he moves to L.A., and here I am, a kid. I was born in 87, so he comes to L.A. in the early 90s. I'm four, five, six years old, very personable. And my dad's boss at the time had season tickets to the Kings back when they played at the Forum, which was sweet old-school barn. Um, and so we would go to games once or twice a month. And, you know, um, like I said to you earlier, I was part of that Gretzky era. The next, I mean, shortly after there, I had skates and... I got on skates and it's never, I've never looked back. So I was definitely part of that SoCal hockey boom. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that. <laughs> and very successful too. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, how cool is that? Like you get to, I got to see Wayne Gretzky play, I, you know, obviously I wish he would have won some cups in LA. Um, but just to, you know, see him in his prime and see what he did for hockey. Um, it was just amazing as a little kid. Well, on, on that note, one of the things I talked to Scott about is and why I wanted to have you on to talk about la- yesterday's game, the Kings versus Kings, uh, and just the excitement of the fans being back in the building. Yeah, I mean, that was there was actually a really good turnout, and I think if there was like a third period, um, there probably would have been even more because it felt like people just kept rolling in and rolling in. Um, but yeah, it's great, and it's going to be, you know, I don't think, um, I was listening to you guys' last podcast earlier today, and I think... I think we're going to get right back to where we were before this lockdown. We're going to see San Diego packed. Ontario's going to draw really well. You know, there were fans in Bakersfield at the end of last season. They were capped at 1,000, but they put 1,000 people in there. So, you know, people are ready, and it was it was a great, great taste of hockey. Uh, Brett, I've, I've asked lots of players uh, over the last 18 months about um, the fact of getting back and, and seeing – uh, something that they love being taken away from them um, through no fault of their own, obviously. Um, and I wonder, the same way for officials, is it is it something where you go, you know, maybe it was a grind before, but now when I didn't have it for a little while, it, it's uh, I appreciate it more, if that makes sense? A hundred percent. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, it was, when it was taken from us, it was hard. It was like, okay, you know, a few weeks and we'll be back. We'll pick back up the season and run a little longer. And then, you know, before you have it, everything's canceled. And then we almost didn't even have a season last year. And to be back, I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. I had a, my wife and I had a baby during that time. So honestly, it was, you know, for hockey to disappear, there couldn't have been a better time. But now that it's coming back, um, you know, just even seeing, you know, I do some youth and adult stuff still locally um even seeing those guys back on the ice everyone's just so happy to be back and um i think we're in store for a really really good season so yeah we're i'm just uh yeah couldn't be happier 
So, so Southern California, you're obviously a Kings fan, I would guess, or uh, have the Ducks tried to sway you, or uh, you know what? Where, do your, uh, where does your allegiance lie? <laughs> yeah, good, great question. So I have kind of a split household because I have a younger brother, about 21 months apart, and he, I don't know how, you know, the Ducks came about in 93. Um, <laughs> my dad's boss literally changed his season tickets from the Kings to the Ducks. Um, so the, the Ducks did their best to try and pull me in, but... My brother got suckered away. Um, he's a Ducks fan. <laughs> I think so. You know, like I lean towards the Kings. Uh, I, I mean, I was there in 2012 when they when they won the cup, and um, it was you know it's so cool. Like you know, I, I officiate, and if I'm out there doing a game, like I just want to do a good job. There's no bias towards anybody. But if you know, if I have to cheer for someone, like I'm all about the Kings, and I just like I get the chills talking about when they won the Stanley Cup in 2012. So go Kings, go. <laughs> well, who who were you excited to officiate last night then? I I was thinking about that, and <laughs> the the four, you know, like Quick, Kopi, Dowdy, and uh, Brown, they're just I don't know if I'm like starstruck when I'm out there, but they just seem like they're true professionals. They're unbelievable with the puck. Um, I just like I'm in awe just to be on the same ice with them, and it's a it's a real treat. Um, it. I just, I mean, it's so cool that they brought the cup to LA. And um, one of them, I was doing the game on um, Friday, Saturday morning over at Toyota Sports Center. And the referee, uh, he's a, he's been doing pro hockey for a while too. Um, he's a local police officer, actually. His son's a big Kopitar fan. So he asked Kopi before the second half, he's like, hey, would you mind, I brought my son's jersey. Would you mind autographing it for my son after the game? And Kopi was more than happy. He even threw in a stick as well, actually. <laughs> Um, so it's just, they're, they're world-class guys and to share the ice with them is something I'll never forget. Okay. So, so let me tell you this, uh, Brett, I made a, a, a really big, long road trip, uh, April 5th to May 5th. I was on the road to see AHL, to see a USHL all-star game, to see NCAA frozen Four, ACHA D1 national championship and under 18 world juniors. Uh, ECHL action and AHL action and an NHL game. And uh, the reason I did it was twofold. The first one was to brand our uh, our company and uh, let people know who we were a little bit. But the second reason, and probably the most important for me really, was I wanted to see how close the players had gotten at all the different levels from, from say, age 16 to 22 or 3. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe how much talent there was out there. So um, two-part question for you. A, have you seen the same thing as an official? And B, are we seeing officials getting better and better as well? Yeah, that's definitely um, definitely a two-part question. First of all, next time you have that road trip, just shoot me an email. I'll see if I can make part of it because that sounds like a blast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. um, that's, some, that's some awesome hockey that you got to take in. Even the ECHL stuff, you know, you, you, those games are pretty physical. I remember working those games, so – um, but as far as hockey goes, I remember when I was coming up and I did my first ever North American League game in Bismarck, North Dakota, and I'm watching warmups and I'm like, wow, like these kids can like shoot, they can skate, like they can play hockey. And then a few months later, I found myself in Green Bay at my first USHL game and I'm like, holy cow, like I didn't know it can get better than the NAHL. <laughs> and I found that as I kept going up, like my, I, did, I did the SPHL. I was like, God, oh, these guys are good. I did the Central Hockey League. I did the ECHL and the American League. And it's, it like you said, like there is so much talent, but to see it from one division to the next, and you can probably see it seeing all that. I'm not too familiar with college hockey, but I've seen a lot of juniors and minor pro. 
and the difference and skill level at each level is is crazy noticeable but the talent uh, um you, you know you go to a you know, you're at a junior game and it's like, I can't believe these, these kids can get even better at hockey because once they reach that NHL level, there's just such a difference, but you're right. The talent, uh, the talent pool is amazing. And, you know, there's a reason to keep adding NHL teams is because there's amazing hockey players that need to get some ice time in my opinion, you know? So it's going to be cool to see Seattle add to the league. That's going to bring a few more players up from the American league. You know, there's this big trickle down effect. And even, you know, that leads into officials. The NHL has to hire a few extra guys this year. And um, it, with those jobs opening up, I feel like the, t- the officiating talent pool is huge as well. Um, just here in California, I believe we have 15, at least we have at least 15 officials in our association that work professional hockey as either referees or linesmen, and that's in the ECHL and American League. Um, we even have a guy that works the, the DEL in Germany. He just left today. I worked the game with him last night in Ontario, and then he left today for Germany for a month. <laughs> Um, so the, the officiating pool is growing, you know, COVID, you know, kind of hurt everyone's numbers and everything, but we're, um, we're still seeing a big, we're seeing a lot of opportunities for, for officials and, uh, just like, just like the players are seeing opportunities and, um, it's cool to see those guys grow in those positions. Since, since you're a veteran of the officials, you've taken a lot of people under your wing. Who, who is very instrumental in your, uh, officiating career? Uh, well, I think you know who I'm going to say, Robert, because we both know him. Uh, Michelle Voyer um, was huge in my career. And um, for those of you that don't know Michelle, you're missing out on a great guy. Um, I worked my first ever ECHL game with him. And when I was 17 or 18 and just started roughing ice hockey, he took me under his wing and taught me everything I know. So I would like to give almost 100% of that to Michelle Voyer. So, yeah, he's been a huge influence in my career. Not just how to be on the ice, but how to be respectful off the ice. And just like the chain of how everything goes. Like when I was younger and I, I worked at Kelly Cup Final back in 2013, he says, you get on the phone with these officials and you thank them for helping you to get there. And then we just had some officials this year that got hired to the American League. And I said to them, you get on the phone and you call these people and say thank you for helping me get there. So just the knowledge that he's passed down on and off the ice has been amazing. So, yeah, Michelle Voyer is just the – yeah. When I when I saw the four of you on the ice, the first person I texted was him. Hey, you yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. And we called him when we got off the ice too. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. We sent him a picture, you know, we're having a few Bud Lights after we got off the ice and enjoying ourselves. And we sent him a photo and he was like, What are you guys drinking? He thought we were drinking in between periods because we were done so early. There was only two halves. So we called him and we were like, No, we're done, Michelle. We two halves and like you know, that's it. It was a half day for us, basically. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, we talked to him yesterday after the game, too. And he's also um, the guy that sets up the referees for all the Kings scrimmages and stuff like that before they get to preseason. They, they always go through Michelle. And um, so those are all pretty much local guys, local professionals um, working the Kings training camp games. Okay, so over the 20 years, you've seen a lot, obviously. You just told us about all the different places you've been, but um, – Rule changes. Think about those if you can for a minute. Uh, are there things that that have changed now that you said, wonder why we didn't do that years ago? And are there things that that changed and you said, why did we ever do that? Why don't we just go back to the way it was? Yeah, um, at the pro level, I think we saw it firsthand because those games at Toyota Sports Center were all three fish, three man games basically. So there's one referee, and the game is so fast now. 
one referee can't see everything and keep up with play well enough to, you know, you got to be on the goal line these days because that's where all the action's at. we got to see the pucks crossing the line. Like, one referee just simply can't be there. So I think it was back in the early 2000s, I want to say 2002, three or four, um, is when we added that fourth official. And I would say, like, it was – like, somebody knew this game was going to get faster, taking away the two-line pass and really stretching the game out. I think adding the fourth official is probably the best thing hockey did, and they did it such a long time ago that we're, they're ready for the speed now, you know. Um, and I would say one of the rules I wasn't a fan of when they when they came out with it was that puck over the glass rule um, with it being a delayed penalty. Um I was like, it's going to be like a Stanley Cup game and somebody's going to flip the puck over the glass and, and they're going to go on the PK and they're going to give up a goal. It's going to cost them a cup, you know? And I was like, that's a lot for just shooting the puck out of play on accident. Um, but, you know, I, you know, it's not even – it's funny when the rule changes come in, they get so – they get called so much and we all hate it, but then we all kind of like settle into it, like the standard of play when they when – they, from the lockout year back in the early 2000s when they came back and – said, okay, there's no more slashing and restricting players with your stick. Everyone's got to skate, you know, for positioning. And there were so many penalties. You guys probably remember those days. There were so many penalties. (laughs) But look at what what that did to the game like 15 years later. It is so fast now. Um, It is very entertaining. And uh, it's, you know, you don't see the effects right away of a rule change sometimes. But that one, I think, has done a lot for the hockey, you know. I, oh, I totally agree. Uh, as far as far as your upcoming season, what's your schedule looking like? Uh, do you have a crazy schedule coming up as far as travel? Yeah, so they keep us. Uh, they usually keep us scheduled about six to eight weeks out, and then less and less as we get towards the end of the season. They kind of treat the end of the season like playoffs. You get your schedule a week in advance about. Um, but when they start the season, we just got our preseason schedule this morning. Actually, um, I'll be doing the game at Honda Center on the 11th, Ontario versus the goals. Um, and then after that, it's regular season, but we we'll, haven't got our regular season schedule yet. <laughs> um, I would imagine we'll get that on Friday. Um, for it'll, We'll know our schedule through the end of October, and then a few weeks later, we'll know it for all of November. And, um, you know, it's pretty manageable. Being Doing 40 games a, a, a season, that's about a game and a half, uh, maybe it's about a game and a half a week. So some weeks you won't have a game. Some weeks you'll have two or three games. Um, it just kind of depends on, on travel and stuff, but being stationed here in Southern California, you know, I'll fly up to San Jose and Stockton. I'll drive to Baco and San Diego and Ontario. And then, um, I'll fly to Vegas and Tucson. So I'll stay pretty busy. Well, we'll have to get together on schedules because I cover the goals, the, uh, Rain and also uh, probably Bakersfield. So, uh, you know, we're <laughs> just going to say, don't travel schedules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't give Rob too many ideas about this flying stuff. It's going to get too damn expensive. <laughs> uh, you, you know what, though? I, I We do have the Pacific Division this year, both NHL and AHL, and Abbotsford jumped in. Um, but I was just going to ask you about the, the bus league that's turned into uh, in the AHL Pacific Division for the most part. Uh, you mentioned it uh, before I got there, but um, you got to love that, huh? Yeah, and I wouldn't let those teams convince you that they're busing, by the way. Um, <laughs> I know for a fact that all those teams are the king of Southwest flights. They love piling up on a Southwest flight. Especially, you know, they'll find Ontario will drive to Bakersfield and San Diego and stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ontario jumps on a Southwest flight to Vegas, to be honest with you. 
Uh, <laughs> but um, I think it's I think it's awesome. You know, it's something that was rumored about for years when I was skating in the ECHL um, back in like 2012 to I think 15. Um, and then to see it happen and to see the success these teams are having. And then also not to mention um, Palm Springs coming in next year. Um, the destinations out in, out in the West are just, I don't think it gets any better. Okay, so my quick follow-up to that one. I don't know if Rob's got another one for you or not. But um, my, uh, my follow-up to that is, as I watch these, uh, these teams kind of blow up out here, and then I watch the competition level, um, part of the reason that we expanded, Brett, was because I don't think the AHL is getting the coverage that it deserves. I mean, each each team has their own guy, obviously, but uh, nobody really covers the entire uh, Pacific Division. And I, I think that the action is too good right now for it not to get coverage. I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's great hockey, and these teams play a bunch of games against each other. Um, out here in the West, and they're all good games. Even last year in a, in a COVID year where they're just kind of trying to get games in and, you know, they ended up being a Pacific Division playoffs, like those players still took those wins and losses very seriously. Um, and, you know, I think it goes to show you that the West has, or, you know, the American League in general, about in the West, we have like really good attendance. So not only do people want to maybe see the games, like they come to the games in person. Like San Diego will have over 10,000 people at a number of their games next season and so will Ontario they'll pack the house as well so yeah, I think there's all you know it's kind of like a hidden gem and I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys you know show that off and uncover it for everybody well I was in Bakersfield for a baseball tournament and and everywhere I turned there was condor stuff so yeah uh, there's definitely some excitement in in the Bakersfield area for the condors yep so yeah exactly yeah and it's and it's an easy drive. It really was. It was an easy drive there. So I look forward to, uh, you know, back-to-backs when you, when Ontario and, and Bakersfield play, if they have that. I have to look at that schedule. But just get games like that and the rivalry that's going to be built up. Who do you see as the tougher teams in the uh, in the Pacific Division? As the tougher teams? Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the, te- the team's last standing in the Pacific? You know, that's a great question. I haven't – you know, we kind of go off a little bit of last year and stuff. I think on, you're going to see Ontario is probably maybe the team that turns it around the most, but I've seen the most, you know, I just did three games and I did their rookie game a month ago. So just kind of, and I, the, the talent, the talent that they have seems to be like, seems to make sense. Like it's going to work for them. And they had a great finish to the season last year. Um, but Bakersfield seems to be, you know, out there, they don't like Robert, you know, like out there in Bakersfield, they just have each other kind of, there's not much else going on and right. stuff. It's right. a great town. Um, but I think Jay Woodcroft does a great job of getting those guys together and making them work as like, as like a team. And I think that showed last year, you know, with it being a COVID year more than it's so important to have great leadership. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they lost or sorry, one, (laughs) I was thinking about Vegas. Vegas had all the talent in the world. So in my opinion, or Henderson, I guess we're calling him right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say, it's going to be like a survival of the fittest, honestly, for this division out here this season. Okay, f- final one for me is uh, Rob. Do you have one more? You want to throw? No, I'm just going to say there's going to be an offensive sort of explosion. There's going to be so much offensive talent in that league. Yeah, yeah. See if the goaltenders. Yeah, that's that keep great mind. Are, yeah, yeah. That's that great mind thing going again. I was going to go right down that road. I was going to ask you. Uh, from from a, a linesman type um, position, you have a chance to see the whole ice. Obviously, um, I think 
is it true to say still that the linesmen maybe have a, a little less um, duties, if you will, on the ice? Because the, the, uh, the referee's got to see everything, but you guys have your, your focused areas on the lines, obviously. Um, but the players that are coming in right now are so talented. You just look at the like the Ducks roster, for example, that had like, I don't know, five first-round picks skating the other day in a, in a rookie tournament over here. Um, is that talent level at that level um, easier or more difficult to officiate? I always think it's I always think it's a little bit easier, and I don't mean to say like oh you know you go out there and you have a nice little skate. I you know it's easier, but you have to stay out of the way. You have to know where to be. You don't want to disrupt game flow, anything like that. Um, but I always say it's where I always kind of give the newer guys advice, like you know you those penalties like cooking and slashing like that. They're going to stand out a lot more than in your local junior game and things like that. I just think, you know, the hockey is so structured. Um, it makes it the fishing a little easier. You know, the icings are more obvious. Like, the, you know, you know, you kind of get a feel for the timing of offsides. And, you know, everyone, you know, everyone there's a professional and has a job to do. And, you know, one day they could, the next day they can be in the NHL or the next day they can be in the ECHL. You never know. So they're playing, they're playing for their lives out there. And it's, um, it's fun to watch, and the flow of the hockey is it, it, is great. I've, I often find younger officials kind of overskating it um, because a lot of times youth hockey can be very run and gun, whereas you know professional hockey is a lot of puck possession and side to side movement and and going up and down the ice and things like that. But yeah, it's a pleasure to officiate, and as long as you stay out of the way, it's a front row seat to some great A hockey. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the higher the level you do, the more you try to just stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll get out of here on this as far as, uh, you know, you being a Kings fan and, and whatnot and, <laughs> uh, you know, not going to the duck side. Uh, who do you as far as the rain and, and the uh, and the goals, who do you see as the as the team that, uh, that has the best talent right now that's going to see the NHL quicker? Do you think the Ducks prospects or do you think the Kings prospects? Well, that's a great question. I thought you were going to say who was going to be better, and my answer is going to be, well, it depends on who ends up in the Ameri- in the NHL and who ends up, you know. Um, as much of a Kings fan as I am, to see Zegras and um, – what's that defenseman's name again? Uh, Drysdale. Drysdale, uh, yeah. And Irvine last year. Like, those guys are really good hockey players, like scary good. Um, and so I think, it, uh, like, they should – you know, imagine them in the NHL next season – um, and then on, on the King side, I was really impressed with Byfield. Um, he just seems like he's matured a lot. He's obviously one of the biggest guys on the ice, which helps him. And he doesn't let the, anyone take the puck from him. So I think, you know, with them transitioning Zegers to center, I might be going off to off subject here, but I think the Zegers Byfield matchup for, for Ducks Kings, uh, is going to be a good one to watch for like years to come. Yeah, I can tell you, I uh, I totally agree with you. I've seen both those two play at different levels, and um, man, I, I think they're both NHL ready right now. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they uh, don't get a lot of NHL games coming up. But um, Brett, thanks so much for spending some time with us. I know you got a busy schedule as well. We love hearing from the officiating side of things. I'll let you go on this one. You got any good stories about uh, having to deal with fans? <laughs> oh, man. Uh... 
anybody really get on your case for no reason or anything? Oh, anything oh good I like see that? where you're going with this. Yeah. You know, there was a guy last night, um, yesterday at the Ontario game, he kept mouthing off. So I took a puck. It's not my tried, co-host, was it? Yeah. No, I tried to nail him in the head with a puck, but he's, uh, he has this, you know, his son plays baseball. So he has a good, good left to catching, uh, um, but yeah, your co-host there was very talkative from above the Ontario Tunnel or the LA Kings Tunnel. <laughs> well, I was I was actually trying to chirp your partner more, but because he and I, Stephen Barry and I, always had the thing where we we do a certain gesture to each other at the rinks whenever we'd see each other. We try to do uh-huh. it as a surprise to where you turn into it, and it just you couldn't hide it. And he wouldn't turn to me the whole night. I was very disappointed. Oh, that sucks. A little alone now. <laughs> yeah, Brett, you know what I'm talking about with Stephen Barry. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll keep that offline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Brett, you're welcome anytime. Thanks so much for sharing uh, the stories of uh, professional officiating. Uh, we'd love to have you back on to talk on things. The season gets a little farther advanced and uh, and just see how things are going again. But thanks again for joining us, okay? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you at the ranks. You too, Rob. All right. All right, folks. That's uh, Brett Martin, a longtime uh, AHL official uh, from Southern California. So they do play hockey in Southern California. <laughs> Am I right, Rob? It's not just beautiful weather. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Shush. It's 83 here and dropping. It's well, going to be 70s tonight. Well, it, it was it's it was 66 <laughs> at the start of the show and overcast. It, it was not. I don't think I saw oh, the shush. sun all day today. Just shush. I, you, if you heard my, my podcast of Paul last night, I whined the entire show because it rained all day yesterday. And I, I said, I didn't move here for rain. Okay. My feet were wet. The, the street flooding because there's nowhere for the water to go was over my ankles. Um, I whined. I whined big time. Well, you're doing it again. <laughs> okay. Oh, you got me. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and wrap up another episode of uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly because I got a game to go to. Kings and Coyotes right in front of me. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skate. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com.
Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the uh, D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Ah, it's great to be back near an arena, and in about 15 minutes, I'll be inside an arena. Scott Strandy with you from Glendale, Arizona tonight as we do our uh, podcast from the parking garage. As I told uh, everybody that was listening earlier, there are probably going to be a bunch of these because we might have to go a little earlier to accommodate upcoming games. But my co-host is always Rob Rothfarb joining me from beautiful Southern California. And um, Rob, you know the drill by now. Every time we have a guest on, I hear something, you hear something. Uh, he's a good friend of yours. But what did you hear from uh, from Brett tonight? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna turn it around on you. I was because I know him so well. I, I he's, <laughs> okay. he's probably uh, one of four officials that I that I know the longest. Uh, and I and he schedules adult leagues, and he's been texting me on a regular basis asking how my shoulder's doing because where I officiate, believe it or not, the, where where he schedules, they actually like when I officiate games, and it's funny because they, <laughs> when, and during games they don't always like it, but when I'm not there for a while they really get a taste of what it's like when I'm not around. And they're like, well, we w- welcome back. We love it. We, we'll never give you a hard time again. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, you, it's good to be loved, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And it's not often that officials are. And uh, Brett's a great guy. Brett's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He will uh, give you the time of day. He will, uh, like I said, he's, he's taken a lot of guys under his wing uh, and helped a lot of guys out with their officiating careers. Uh, you know, he's, he's a passionate guy about his job. Uh, he takes his job very serious. I've worked with him on a couple of different levels with, uh, kids and, and whatnot. And he's, he's a, not necessarily by the book guy, but he's a by the book guy because he doesn't, he doesn't want to, uh, let that black and white get in the way. And he's, he's one of the best officials I've ever worked with. And, uh, every time, uh, I work with him. I learned something from him. And honestly, last night I was I was watching it uh, in fun and just to see guys I know doing an NHL caliber game, uh, and just know that that I've learned a lot from them from the four that were out on the ice. Okay, before I give you what I heard, um, I want you to read the trivia question, our Summer Skates Sizzling September trivia question, because uh, the newest franchise in the NHL, the Seattle Kraken, got their first win, albeit exhibition. Uh, last night, but um, go ahead and throw that question out so we can see if we can get well, some answers here before we go off the air. Well, there, there were quite a few firsts for the Kraken. Like you said, their first ever win. Uh, they had their first ever power play goal, which was Jared McCann. But who for the Kraken is credited with their first ever goal? It, yes, it's the preseason and there will be a first regular season goal, but who is who scored at 232 of the second period against the Vancouver Canucks who scored for the Seattle Kraken to notch their first ever goal? Love it. What a great question. If you know the answer to that, get on the chat bar, uh, put the name in, and we will get you a pair of uh, custom uh, summer skates, sandals, and a matching koozie for you. So uh, jump in on that. Okay. Uh, what I heard from Brett, and I just chatted with him for a few minutes uh, this afternoon before he came on the show, and I could tell right away it was going to be a fun interview. Um he, his officiating career, a lot like a lot of officials, um, mirrors players in uh, in hockey. Right? You start right. off at one level, you advance. You start at another level, you advance. Um, and and like everything in hockey, it seems it always comes around. I mean, he's talking about 
doing a game in Bismarck and doing a game in Green Bay and uh, in Iowa and, and different places. And, and as you know, uh, me being a Minnesota native, all those places I've been to as well. And, um, <laughs> and, and it's crazy but that somebody that grew up in Southern California um, is able to touch the same places that, that I've touched. But that's hockey, right? I mean, it, there's somebody that you know somewhere, everywhere you go. So that was number one. Number two was um, so much knowledge and so much passion and love for the game. I mean, mm -hmm. I talked yes. the other day, Rob, about I, I went over to Scottsdale Ice Den to, uh, to see the University of Arizona. I know that's taboo to you. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway um, and we were talking about passion, right? And Coach Chad Berman, a good friend of mine, um, comes up. It's a 250-mile it's a round trip because they don't have ice in Tucson right now. He brings his team up two days during the week. They come on the ice at 9.50 p.m., or I'm sorry, 8.50 p.m. Uh, they practice for two hours, then they go back to Tucson. They do that twice during the week, and then on the weekends they come up uh, in the afternoon usually at either the Ice Den Scottsdale or Chandler, or they mix them up. But, man, oh, man, you talk about dedication and love for the game when you're willing to do that for three, four weeks prior to the start of your ACHA season. Oh, That's absolutely. why they're two-time defending conference champions. Well, hard work pays off, and there's no shortcuts to success. So, uh, and as being an official, that's one of the things you realize. And one of the one of the things that you have to realize, and you talk about it as you up, go up a level, uh, whether it's the game of playing the game or officiating, only the best keep going up. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so. Um, uh, there, there was another couple of games as we touched on before before the show, but um, from what you gathered from the Kraken uh, game, from what you can say, I know we didn't, neither one of us saw it, but it sounds like the Kraken um, wanted to start a winning culture, exhibition or not. They just wanted to start winning. How well, important do you think that is for the regular season? Well, you know what? It's, it's definitely important, but you got to remember, they have a little bit of a grace period. They're just so excited to have hockey again in, in that area. Uh, so even if like they didn't start off well, they were down two nothing before uh, their first goal. So you know it it takes it will take a little bit, and maybe that could be just their mantra. You know, patience. You know, just because we were down in the first period doesn't mean we're done for the game. Just because we may lose a couple of games in a row doesn't mean we're done for the season. You know, have patience with this franchise because uh, don't compare us to Vegas. We're Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be a great mantra because if you try to compare yourself to the latest team to come in prior to you in Vegas, I mean, it was a perfect storm for Vegas. We've talked about that in the past. It was a perfect storm, and I don't think uh, that same type of thing or, God forbid, that type of thing would ever happen in Seattle as what happened uh, one October in Vegas. But um, it, I'm just excited to see the Pacific Northwest get a franchise, and I'm equally as excited to see that AHL franchise be in Palm Springs sometime down the road. I don't think it's going to be next year. I don't see physically how they can do it, but um, what do I know, right? We'll see, and we'll follow, and um, we'll go from there. But anything else you want to throw out there tonight before we say goodnight? Well, just uh, another thing on the Seattle Kraken. I'm, I'm being out west. I'm going to be really focused on how the rivalry develops between Vancouver and Seattle. You know, does it become one of those, you know, like border wars type of thing? Uh, I just think it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, 
<laughs> I have a hard time thinking Vancouver could get into a border war with anybody. It just seems like they're just way too skilled and way too um, nice. <laughs> they just don't seem like uh, the, the type of franchise that would be uh, the New York Rangers, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, for example. Uh, probably not. But, you know, if you, if, you know, if kids that are Seattle uh, natives that are growing up that would maybe be Vancouver fans are now becoming cracking fans, so they're losing fans to uh, to Seattle and the surrounding areas, maybe then it becomes a, a little bit more of a rivalry. But just, I mean, Vancouver doesn't really have one. You know, Calgary has Edmonton, the Kings, Ducks. You know, so right. Vancouver's, you know, out yep. there. And it's natural. It, it, it is. It's, it's such a natural rivalry. And, and if it happens, it would be such so good for hockey. Well, you know, and the NHL tried to force feed Vegas and Arizona as a rivalry, and that just didn't work out from the get-go. And now, of course, Arizona moving to the Central Division is going to be even harder to uh, to get that. But that's what they wanted to do is have a desert rivalry. And, you know, Vegas looks at, at themselves as uh, maybe San Jose or somebody else as their, right. their natural rival. So Colorado. it kind of has to develop, and I guess we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, I see Vegas and Colorado more as a rivalry than, than anybody else. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right, my friend, take it away, and we'll say goodnight. I've got a hockey game to go see. All right, enjoy the uh, Coyotes and the Kings, and I will uh, close it with this. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at dd.com. Boost Mobile, where all the plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs, on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive. Supplements to fuel your drive. Refuel your drive with M-Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey, Alexa. Turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is part of IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And our thanks, of course, to Brett Martin, the uh, the longtime official. How can he be a long time? The kid's, he, the kid's 34. <laughs> he's, 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 20, he's almost exactly 20 years younger than me, and I, I feel so old. <laughs> I hear you. We we appreciate Brett coming on and uh, and telling us uh, a few things about officiating. That's great. We got to keep having officials on to to kind of even up the things with the players. But uh, certainly, we thank him for that. Um, I look forward to seeing hockey. I know you do as well. It's going to be a busy week, and then from there, it just rolls on to the third week of October, where things get going for real in the NHL and the AHL. 
And, uh, of course, NCAA hockey starts this weekend. So stay tuned, folks. College Hockey Southwest Weekly tomorrow night with Paul Hornstein and myself. And, of course, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly Wednesday night. Stephen uh, Marsh and myself will be with you for that. We'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>